Yo, what up, Kev? What's going on, man? What's up, man? I gotta turn you up a little bit, I think. I just realized. Do you? No, no, no. I'm good. Yeah. That's that's usually not anything I ever hear. Like in in all of my years of recording music, I've never heard your track. I'm using a different different set of earbuds. (laughs) World's quietest earbuds. Literally, (laughs) never been my problem. Uh, (laughs) Speak up, good, man. How's your how's your week been, man? It's been uh, long. I was very tired today. I think we went too hard over the weekend, wifey and I. Oh, really? Hard? Uh, what did y'all get into? Not much. I mean, how you go too hard we, and not get into? If we leave the house for anything, it's I consider it too much. And then yeah, yesterday the grocery we stores, like we, we pretty much kind of chilled out, but we did almost knock down a bottle of wine yesterday. So I was like, Oh, Ugh. that type of go too hard guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need those days, man. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, how's your weekend? Yelling yo, at kids long. on the court. I, you know, actually that's, that is where I am the most patient. Yes, it's when I'm coaching little kids. Um, yeah, this has no, turned you know, into a parenting podcast. It really has. It really yeah, has. Which is, or it's some which type is really, of like... Yeah. It's the direction we were always meant to to converge upon. Well, I mean, two, two uh, old head energy dudes that's... You, y'all want us to complain about current rap or y'all want to hear these parenting stories? It's up to y'all. Hey. Uh Man, no, it was it was a chill weekend, man. Like I, it, I ain't too much. You know, uh, Snapback was on Saturday. Um, it was cool. Uh, request. <laughs> oh man, you know, requests have always been sort of a like annoying thing, right? Like it, they're cool. Sure. It's cool. You know, we. I I commend a lot of DJs. I think you know seventy to eighty percent of DJs you come across will try their best. Unless it's like a themed night. And even then, they'll try their best to accommodate your request, right? Um, but now, y'all are holding up phones and iPads. Oh, that's the worst. Sending multiple people and with the flasher on the phone now. Like, it's like, dude. Y'all got to settle down, man. That is the worst. Now, <laughs> what I never really thought about is that, because I mean, I know what, you know, not that I'm an expert, but I generally know what I expect to hear when I go to Snapback, right? Sure. Yeah. Do people still request stuff that has nothing to do with the- Absolutely. Oh, that's Absolutely. the worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then you have to like calmly explain to them that they- didn't read or weren't paying attention i normally or? throw suge at them like because yeah. people are a little scared of suge so i'd be like yo you gotta talk to him mm-hmm. and they that's a good move they, they yeah but you know ladies don't ladies would be like whatever like you know especially in fullerton where you get a, a certain ilk like mm. if i call the police this both of y'all dead so mm. give me my request like they're not afraid of suge at all so um <laughs> nah check it out the thing is, the DJ doesn't have to play your song. And that's that's like the the part that no one's getting. You know what I'm saying? That you know how you know how you know that they don't get it? Because they usually start with, Okay, you know what you have to play? <laughs> and then the one I love is I'm telling you, if you play this, everyone will dance. I'm like they're already dancing. What are you talking they're about? They're already dancing. No, I'll tell you the one. That, okay, all of the request things vary, vary on a level of annoying or not, right? I I I can respect the polite person. Hey, it's my friend's birthday. She wants to hear blah blah blah. Or, oh, yeah, sure. You know, it's my lady birthday. She can can we play blah blah blah? Usually, people get that it's an old school hip hop night and or old school night, and they they kind of uh, react accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. But the annoying one is when it's a request and it's sort of out the box, and then you don't dance. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Oh my god, yo! Yeah, I'm like, man, listen. If we play your little goofy request, yeah, you you better better act like you got drafted in the first round, man. 
Oh my god, you better <laughs> dance. Like you better Yeah, for real. Man. For real. Yeah, that's yeah. it's it's all terrible. It's oh god. Yeah. So I've I've, I've rocked for four weeks in a row now. I I uh, this okay. coming weekend will be Sarai's birthday, so I won't be doing any events. Um, and I'm I'm ready for the break. Like I'm I'm good. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. I'm good. Every I could, once in a while. God, yeah, I think I think I'm. I think Taquan will be back all October. So I, you know, I get it. I go ahead and, and sleep in on a Saturday and sleep go. in on a you know sleep sleep early on a Saturday and, and feel good about myself for a little while. <laughs> Um, yo, you rocking any new music, Kev? I, I, I should be, but I haven't. So I'm curious whether there's anything new on your radar. I mean, I listened to the Nas record. It's pretty dope. I'm, oh, well, know. yeah. I've liked all of those records so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't gone back and really, I think, um, I think, I can't remember which one it was. There's one of them I listened to more than once. Everything else. The first like, one was the one I listened yeah. to the most. Yeah, so um for Kings of these Kings of these one. And there's all kinds of random stuff that I'll listen to a song here, a song there. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of bug out on the on the complaints for King's Disease and I'm finna sound, oh my god, man, we about to lose some people. I actually don't want a Nas premiere record. Oh. I think it's I Is think there it's supposed to be one? I mean, that's what people were saying like, why don't you just link up with Premiere and and just do the record we all want to hear. I'm like, do we though? I mean, I feel like maybe we. I mean, I don't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't like go. Oh man, why would he? I wouldn't be mad at it. Like I'm not gonna act like a hip hop head, but. Hmm. But I'm like, mm. I heard. I, I read that Common and Pete Rock are doing a record, um, dedicated to the '90s, and I'm like, but. We've been doing that. For the last mm. like forty, everything's been dedicated to the nineties. Well, and that's the that's the thing. Also, it's like we heard the we heard that record. You know what I mean? Um, not that I I certainly would listen to it, but sure. I don't and I don't know what Nas is thinking on it is. It's really, not particularly any of my business. But he might you know could very well be thinking like I why would I want to work with the same guys I've worked with before? It's like if I can't. Not that he has anything to prove to anybody, but you know, if he can take some production from obviously Hit Boy is not not a, a new jack necessarily, but you know, from someone who's relatively newer than mm-hmm. like Premier and Pete Rock and all those guys and still make some some quality music, I mean, why not? Why not? You know, yeah, why not? I and then I'd, maybe I'm, and then maybe yeah. ten years from now, Hit Boy's private videos will leak and and he'll be talking trash about how Nas can't rap on beat or whatever, like Kanye <laughs> did. <laughs> oh my God, Kanye! Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm I don't have so. I guess I allegedly make nostalgia music. At least that's what a a, a listener said online. Hmm. Um. I didn't think I did, but I, I think it's just my I'm I'm making the music that I enjoy, so I'd imagine that it has an, an older sound to it or whatever, but I don't have a particular agenda. I, I a lot of people kind of want you to make music with agendas, right? Like, yo, Trek, let's make an album and bring the old school back. And I'm like, but I don't particularly want to do that. I just want to make a record that I'm proud of. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And um certain sounds don't don't mix well with me personally at least they don't sound good to me but i don't know i'm 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 i guess i'm on this because i've been doing my you know discography breakdown i got through buster rhymes mm-hmm. and let me say this real quick because i did say buster rhymes records were long and i'm not backing off of that those are some long records right <laughs> that's just math like yeah, for real. It, it, whether y'all see that as shade or not, I don't know. But twenty-five songs a record is crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, damn, yo. Um, it's admirable as an MC. Like, yo, you you recorded because you know you'd have to imagine it. If he's had twenty-five songs on this record, he recorded like thirty, thirty, at least thirty per record. Sure, at least. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he left some records on the cutting room floor. That, that whew, that's a lot of music. Wow. Um, so there's, I, you know, I think once you get past eight to ten songs, there's there's going to be some redundancy most times, mm. right? Mm-hmm. If I could let y'all into the the way I see it, after the price I pay record, which I thought had some redundancy, right? It mixed with the new money all times remixes, whatever. There was some redundancy. I was rapping about the same thing on multiple songs. So going forward, I attempted to like say, okay, I've already said, I've already done that. I already said that. I'm not gonna say it again. Right. So by the time I got to, um, eh, I'll say hometown foreigner. I feel like I had kind of perfected that. Like, all right, don't say the same thing twice. And even on that record, I could think, ah, I shouldn't have done that. There's a song, a couple songs I would move to another project or take off because I had already said that. Right. Sure. Then you get to crown heavy, which is like what? Seven songs. <laughs> it's <laughs> like that ends that. Right. Um, so now I'm on I'm on Red Man, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm listening to Muddy Waters, which is crazy. By the yeah. way, Muddy Waters is a crazy record, yo. <laughs> like I forgot how good it was, dude. That 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 might be. I want to say that's probably my favorite Red Man record. Muddy, it, it might it's mine too. Yeah, it's mine too. Yeah, he he. I listened to that record at least two times. <laughs> I yeah, Muddy Waters is bananas of a record. And I don't know, I'm I'm pausing a lot in between here because I want to make sure that I'm like, you know, not over or understating things. At the time at the time, like Muddy Waters well at the time like Redman was was I guess one of the best was considered a better rapper than Black Thought. I know a lot of people are like, wait, what? But when you think about that moment in time, mm. you know what I'm saying? You realize, like, at that moment, Red Man was slightly above. Like, Method Man was slightly above. At least in conversations that you would have with people, mm. these they were considered, like, Black Thought was obviously one of the dopest. I. I just keep every time you get you start down this road. I just think about when, when I think it was on Dell's record when Cube's talking about he one of them handkerchief hat wearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm like this is a different world. I, it is a different world. He, I mean, I can't, but it's hard to fathom. It's like going back and having the Ice Cube conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I got to listen to Ice Cube's discography probably next or within the next two, right? Sure. going to go through the roots. And then, of course, Black Thought's uh, recent run. Mm-hmm. And now get to Ice Cube, et cetera, right? Oof, man. Is, that's that's a tough one. Because Are you going to go in reverse order? <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube's like, yeah. So you can look forward to the... <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be tedious. This is right. one of the most tedious things I have ever done in my life. Like I'm like, all right, I got to listen to this. Sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I gotta listen to this record. Just I will like, say something. I will say something, and I think it. I think it's probably true for um, more rappers than than not. Probably true for a majority of of the rappers who we like. And I say this specifically about Buster having long albums. It's like when he was, you know, not that he stopped or anything, but when he was at his, and I don't know if he still makes twenty five song albums. But you know, everyone was trying to give the fans as much value oh, God, as yeah. possible for because yeah. the CDs were all you know, they're roughly the same amount of money, you know, mm-hmm. which is a whole other mm-hmm. issue with like, you know, we would get the CD or whatever, you know, if we didn't have a CD player in the car, we put it on a cassette. It's like you're not going to fast forward to, you know, you're not going to dub a CD that you're not willing to listen to end to end, generally speaking, right? Sure. Unless you really love the artist and it's a brand new record or whatever. So you're not skipping around a whole lot. You might rewind. But you know what I mean? Like generally, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was just made sense to just kind of like listen to the whole record. I think more so than like now you just skip around or whatever. Now albums are 10 songs. Now songs are two minutes long or a minute and 45 seconds. Like that's the thing I notice a lot (laughs) when I was like, oh, at least you were nice enough to make that whack shit only a minute and a half long. (laughs) 
minute and forty five seconds. Yes, yeah, God, thank yeah. you. I'm with you on that. That was a that was a smart decision. <laughs> yeah, I I we got to shout out MF Doom for that, like making that's true dope really short. And I'm I'm sure people did it prior to him. I'm I'm always a little off in time on when Count Base D and Doom were doing their thing at the same like I, I kind of missed that mm. like who was first and whatever but um mm, Count Base D yeah but yeah I I don't know man like I, it's a te- it's a tedious exercise as much as I am enjoying it I yeah. there are some moments where it's like you know. You on the on the eighth mile of a ten mile run, like all right, man. Do I really want to finish this run? Like I've already done eight miles. Like, like I can stop here and get the same workout. You know, I will. I will quote one of my favorite uh, Kanye West lyrics. If I'm I'm constantly like on Spotify, like it would be in good taste for you to end the record right now. <laughs> It, it, it would be good in good taste for you to not play any more music right now. I, I'm, I'm rolling with that one, man. Let, <laughs> no way, man. All right, I've lamented enough. Let's let's get to the other side, Kev. You ready, man? <laughs> yes, sir. All right, let's go. Rap sucks. Radio. Blah 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 blah. What up, y'all? You were live on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy, Trek Life, and your fam, Kev Sakota. Old Ed Energy. Old Ed Energy. That's right. Excellent. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. And if you would like to catch past episodes of our show, you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you would like to catch us on your television past episodes, at least you can go to BTSN, that's Behind the Scenes Network. Download the app or channel on your YouTube, wait, on your Roku or any of your Amazon Fire devices. Or you can go to btsn.watch and, and check out episodes there. We're on there with plenty of other dope content. BTSN Behind the Scenes Network, we want in. You can also catch us on your social media at Rapsucks Radio on Instagram and RSR Podcast on Facebook. Uh, threads coming soon. Maybe. I've said that every week for the past every four weeks, week. by the way. Every week. Every week. You're, really, you're really digging us into a hole there with, I am, with the, I am. the good person at Threads, whoever Some, uh, whoever's right? holding it together there. Yeah, somebody got um, some unknown. I was scrolling through Threads uh, just randomly the other day, and someone got blocked for saying something, you know, unsavory or whatever. And a guy made a statement I thought was on point. He's like, they're both owned by the same narcissistic, narcissistic type billionaire. It's not like you're escaping one and getting to the other. <laughs> it's just that one dude. And then my input is that one dude wants to crash and burn social media so that the public can't take down certain individuals. And the other dude is just trying to cash in on his crash and burn. Like, you're in the same place, folks. So you either yeah. go with the devil that you absolutely know is yeah. a a hole or the one that is going to build a wall to block wines from the beach like it, which different corner same poison same right exactly so we're we're choosing the the zuckerberg poison since instagram is <laughs> easier to use <laughs> all right man check it out i have been talking about the special ed thing for a while. Oh, okay. Right? I have. I've been on my Facebook chat cracking jokes about it. So, well, when I know did this happen? Title. This was about three weeks ago, maybe? Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know anything ago. until all you loud people started, like, making too much noise about it. And then I was like, what <laughs> happened? You, did you start not, you started, did you hit the broom on the ceiling? Like, you guys calm yeah. down up there? Uh-huh. You brought a oh. age of destruction to my peace and harmony. <laughs> I am going to change your title cuz you had it correct when during the intro. Okay. I think old ed energy is perfect. Fantastic. So the title of this episode is old ed energy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were being nice. That's teamwork, I think man. You, yeah, I think you were being kind and I'm going to unkindness a little bit. And 
since I've been talking about this, Kev, mm -hmm. I am not like my arch nemesis Fizz. I am not going to misquote someone or or guide the people in the wrong direction just to get a shot off on somebody, right? Oh, because okay. what Fizz tried to do to me, this character oh. assassination that he attempted oh. on me, was say to it say so. that, that sounds, I said you shouldn't criticize things, right? Isn't it rude? It's it's completely. Frilly. I'm saying it sounds rude. Might have no, been it deserved. Okay. Let me, for, for my peoples, let me say this real quick. Fizz said that I said that people shouldn't criticize things, mm. critique things. I actually said it would be ridiculous to say people shouldn't critique things. I just said I was tired of it. Now, that's for all you people side liking and putting happy faces on his comment. I never said that. So I call y'all side likers. Y'all gonna have to take this L. Go back to the episode and listen to what I said. Stop <laughs> listening to Fizz. This is gonna lead you in the wrong direction. He brought rain to Seattle. He'll bring, you know, you know, said nothing but misinformation to your life. Oh wow. I, wow. Fake news has finally <laughs> come home to roost. The F in Fizz stands for fake news. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. And shout out to my man O for, for like not following in. Like he, you know, whatever. No, he's his own man. He's his own guy, right? Like this big kicker wants, thing. We all we all fam. Like, you know. If Omega wants so. to take shots at you, shots will be fired. <laughs> you know, it's like all in, in bold print and like how did you enlarge <laughs> fonts on Facebook? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to my Spit Kicker fam. So, topic number one is titled Think About It. Think, think About It. <laughs> the reason for this is Special Ed sparks a lightweight controversy over his comment on NWA. Source for this is Revolt TV and HipHopDX.com. Players involved the Special Ed Drink Champs. I love Drink Champs. I love the Drink Champs show. I don't know whether y'all like it or not, but I do enjoy the show. You get some good, you know, good information on Drink mm -hmm. Champs, by the way. Um, you know, NWA, of course, and, and the West Coast. All right. So, Special Ed on the Drink Champs podcast said that, end quote, and end quote, she said, NWA brought the age of destruction in rap and lamented the pressure he felt to produce commercial music. In response, KXNG Crooked, KXNG Crooked, is that countered, that's Crooked Eye, right? Yeah, that's Crooked Eye. Countered these views, defending N.W.A. Strider to Compton as a socially conscious album that highlighted existing societal issues rather than promoting them. He argued that the challenges faced by the black community, such as slavery and Jim Crow laws, were there long before N.W.A.'s time and that their music was merely a reflection of those realities. Kev, I want you to keep that point in mind because it, mm -hmm. it fits squarely into my opinion of this. Okay. Right? Special Ed and the Dog Pound had a discussion on Instagram after the podcast appearance. Ed argued that NWA marked the beginning of a more destructive era in hip-hop, correlating their influence with the increased violence among black, black youth. He also highlighted that NWA's stance against the police brought the attention of the FBI to hip-hop. The Dog Pound defended NWA's influence, stating that they took hip-hop to another level. Both parties seem to agree that the government has negatively impact, impacted the black community in various ways, from unhealthy diets to increased incarceration rates. All right, Kev, it's on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't listen to Drink Champs all the time. Um, here's another safety tip. Don't listen to Drink Champs after you've polished off a bottle of wine with your wife because I cannot even listen to them drink as much as they do <laughs> if I'm not completely sober. <laughs> Dude. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's I, a lot, yeah. And yeah. And I'm, I'd like to believe I could have. that podcast, though. Like it, it starts off just fine, but. Oh, man. But I did check this out. So, um, and it, you know, the 
this is not a comment on the podcast, but I fell asleep, I think, right before he said it. So then I had to find where I fell asleep to go back in and talk about old head energy. I was like, yeah. he didn't say anything about NWA. Then I realized, oh, you were asleep for like 20 minutes <laughs> right when he said it. After polishing off a bottle of wine, I understand. So, so yeah. So, you know, Special Ed is obviously um, an intelligent dude. You know, I, I respect his music. I went back and just read the lyrics to I Got It Made, even though I could probably, it was one of the few songs I could probably spit off the top of my head. Yeah. That rhyme is crazy. That rhyme sparked a new era in rhyming that people don't discuss yeah. as well. It w- It took, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I still remember the video. I remember that. And then, you know, when it, when it came out, that was every day on, on UMTV Raps, every other video channel that was showing rap. Um, you know, I think we talked about the fact that you said Snoop even kind of mentions him and, as a... As a as an influence. As yeah. an influence, yeah, you know. Um, and I always, that's the first thing I thought when I saw uh, Snoop on Deep Cover, you know, the, the video for Deep Cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So his his influence is solidified, undeniable. Um, he didn't have certainly didn't didn't get the shots that a lot of other artists did, but he he achieved a certain level of success that not many artists ever will of any genre, right? And and I respect what he says. Um, I don't agree with the wording of what he said, but he seems to be really sticking by it. I didn't know when this happened, so. Obviously, all these like I did see the thing about Cube, but I didn't know who was who it was directed back at. Right. He was just kind of responding to and it was TMZ. So I was like, who knows how they asked the question or whatever. Right. Sure. Yeah. But Cube didn't even really it didn't seem like he flipped out for a Cube thing. He was just like, I don't think anybody's truly like that's that's my main thing. My main takeaway from this whole thing is that from uh, Crooked Eye to, you know, who's maybe a can be considered maybe the next generation of rappers, although he's not a, you know, young dude, but like the dog pound, you know, corrupt and, and, uh, I think it's both of them, right? It's Daz as well. Mm-hmm. Dude did what you're supposed to do when you're not a, you know, 19, 20 year old knucklehead. It's like, let me call this. I, that's my man. Let me call him and see what it was, <laughs> you know, what's really going on, you yeah. know? And have yeah. a conversation. And had an hey, open conversation for the Exactly. Fans. What yeah. you know, what more could we ever want? And if if uh you know what I will say is that if one group and one record could destroy whether it's a, a, a culture, an art form, or an entire community, God forbid, none of this would be happening right now. None of these conversations would be happening. Um and then to the to the point that the crooked eye made, which a lot of other people made much more eloquently than than I ever could, uh, and with much more direct experiences that um I think it was Cube, but it was either Easy or Cube, I think, that said that, you know, this record is like a holding up a mirror to society. Mm-hmm. You know. Which is certainly convenient as well when he's getting, you know, death threats from cops and stuff like that the whole time. But um but yeah, you know, when he said I would never have dinner with the president on no Vaseline. He was talking about Bush. He was not talking about Reagan. Reagan was already gone. Mm-hmm. And we know what Reagan did. Right. Right. Yes. So all the stuff that you want to talk about, if you want to talk about and blame rap for whatever happened in certain communities, um, you know, that blame is, is sorely misplaced to be able to broadcast um, what's going on in a way that people are willing to, to digest it and hear it. Um, that's what they did as, as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? And it was, yeah. it was dope music, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I look, I think you hit the nail on the head and I'm going to take it a little further. Like, I think you kind of, kind of like, you know, saying the, the last, uh, paragraph of my speech, you basically read it already. <laughs> So let me start it with this. And and I've said this before, I think on this show, and I say this a lot. Um, if you if you know, in these these types of conversations, I say this quite a bit, right? If 
if one group or one individual or one experience can cause a person um, to think a certain way about your community or people, they've already thought that way. Mm. They already believed that. You see what I'm saying? If you turn on the news and you say, and, and you see a, a white male um, committing a heinous crime and you say, man, see, I knew that, that he was like, no, you already felt that white people were like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to use this to, to, you know what I'm saying, to um, validate the way that you think. And a lot of times, and I don't believe that's something that we as human beings, especially in this society, which is, which is built on racism. And, and this is where I, I want to start. I want it to end, but I'm going to start here. Our society is built on racism. Now, you can, you can play this game that people play on the internet. Which, well, it wouldn't be racist if you would stop talking about it. Dude, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If you believe that, again, you, I want to be, I want to live in this, on the small world ride that you live on. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's where you live. If racism only exists because I say something about it, then I don't even know what planet you live on. And invite me to that planet one day. Right? Because we are not on the same planet. Yeah. So, now, that's the foundation of my conversation. Like, you can't bring about a belief that did not already exist about another group of human beings. An individual, yes. Man, Trek life is a jerk. I met him once. He was a jerk. Okay, cool. Trek life uh, is a jerk. And I knew it because black people. Okay, no, you already felt that about black people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. stop. All right. So I've, I've, I've be, you know, I've been dead horse that. I actually made sure to listen to Special Ed's comment multiple times before I commented because I wanted to be clear on what he was saying. And to be quite honest with you, I had nothing to say initially. Like, he was just wrong. And right. I was like, eh. Then he doubled down on it in conversation with the Dog Pound. And I'm like, all right. See, so I didn't, really I didn't listen saying, to that. I just know they talked. So I, did, I, right. I didn't get it. Well, you know, you, you catch the quotes or whatever. But there was nothing really to listen to. It was just kind of the follow-up that people were saying. And I'm saying, okay, so you're doubling down on the idea that this NWA record, the, the, the first NWA record, well, the first, straight out of Compton, not the first NWA, right. NWA in the posse, right? But um, straight out of Compton, set off this this destructive community situation. I, what year did Straight Out of Compton come out? Was that? Let me see. I want to make sure. After a lot of bad stuff had already been going on. Well, this is this is the point I'm 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 make. Yeah. Um, because Nori even brought up Ice T. You know what I mean? If we're going to talk about just the music somehow having a miraculous uh, ability to uh, influence otherwise sane individuals to act destructive somehow. Well, Nori's right because. The Straight Out Compton record came out in nineteen. I was gonna say nineteen eighty seven, but I wanted to make sure I was right. So August nineteen eighty eight. All right. At that time, I was living in South Central Los Angeles, one hundred and tenth and Hoover. Right. My block was relatively nice. My actual block between Hoover and Bering Cross was relatively nice. We had a lot of older people. Um, you know what I'm saying? We, I'm right. Denver Lanes is one way. Hoover's is the other way. We were, we were in the cross. We were right in the middle, right? But when I tell you that as a child, I watched the transition of my years, formative year. I played ball at Van Ness Park, played baseball, played basketball. Like I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, <laughs> my mother was part of 
organizations that do fashion shows in in Inglewood. My uncle was was uh, you know community organizer organizer in South Central, on up to the Bay Area. My father was community organizer. Like I, I'm not speaking out of turn here. I'm talking as a child watching. Everything NWA said on their record was happening. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, man, I grew up in the hood and it was hard. No, I'm just telling you that as nice as my block was and as nice as a lot of places you go to in South Central are to this day, that the elements that they were discussing genuinely existed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To the point where if you listen to Straight out of Compton, I honestly don't truly hear any exaggerations. Mm. I genuinely don't. And that's crazy when you listen to that record. Mm-hmm. My comparison to this is around the same time Two Live Crew came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to force this all on Two Live Crew, but the mindset of uh, of raunchy ideology didn't start with Two Live Crew. Sex didn't come, you know, didn't, didn't show up when Two Live Crew showed up, right? Premarital mm-hmm. sex and... And all of these things that were a big deal because communities were highly Christian at the time and probably still are, right? Um, and this moral standard that America held that you allegedly didn't hear in music, but don't don't nobody want to listen to rock music like going back, going further back. We keep pulling these records out that are like, damn, yo, that's what they were talking about, right? And it was fairly obvious. Um, I think the provocative nature of these records was genuinely, and I'll, I'll cut two like crew out of this conversation, but because I was in the city in 82, I was there, I was I was young, I was five, six years old, well, four or five years old, growing up, riding my bike between these alleyways that I discussed and, and seeing how they changed, my mem- they're still fond in my memory, like how the community became different. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it's not like just my little world. It's my grandmother's house, my grandfather's house in Watts. It's my my you know where the fashion shows were being thrown in Inglewood. It's it's just watching the community ravaged by government decision to plunge crack into a city that had above 50, uh, close to fifteen percent unemployment, particularly for black men, right? And not because black men were shiftless, because right prior to that, the city had done a big major thing by hiring minorities for city jobs. Came home from the service, got a city job. My father's one of the the benefactors of that. You know what I'm saying? Many of our parents were benefactors of of this resurgence, at least in Southern California, Northern California, of hiring for city jobs and making sure that inner city people, uh, people of color, were were had free access to those jobs. So my father worked for the Department of Water and Power. My mother worked for LA Unified. We we were a middle-class family, you know what I'm saying? Home-owning family, et cetera. We were one of pretty much every family I knew personally, aside from another group of people that I knew, right? It's long. I, I know I'm long-winded here, y'all, but I'm getting to a point here that lived on the other side of this coin. My cousin Darrell, rest in peace, was murdered, gangbanger, right? 15. My cousin Darrell had more money and, and a nicer car than my father had. <laughs> so how you get that at 15? You see what I'm saying? All right. If you listen to this, um, we we jumping back in now. So excuse me for pausing. Uh, there was a spider that I had to take care of in the house. <laughs> so. You'll hear that I that was my first guess. <laughs> He's probably killing a bug. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm a pretty good beat, probably not better than everyone else on on what times were like at that time. And really, it was just, it was like the message, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like the message, but just on a, on a, on a more, on a detailed level. Not that the message itself, the song message wasn't detailed, but they just... They went into it. They went into the mindset. They were young dudes. They was, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like to to force that heavy a blame on on commentary is tough, man. And and he's talking about. Oh, go ahead, Kev. I, I still have some thoughts, but go ahead. I don't want to. No, I, I mean, I, I definitely 
agree with, you know, the way, well, I mean, nothing to agree with necessarily, but I mean, I, um, it always seemed to me that those guys, and I especially think of, you know, we're talking about the lyrical content. I think about Cube, right? Um, was finding a way to express whatever he was trying to express without becoming a part of that destruction. There was destruction. That's not the point of contention. Did NWA cause it? No. Did NWA no. bring it to to any form of music or to the music world or to the world of entertainment, let alone to, to the world of hip-hop? No. no. First of all, music of that nature existed before they ever anyone ever heard of of even an easy e you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um you know whether it was was ice t whether it was cool g rap whether it was schoolie School d, d. Yeah. yeah um you know king t um they were all talking about it wasn't like they were all making up something new they were all talking about stuff that was happening you know whether outside their door or outside their cousin's door or what, you know, whatever it was, right? It was, um, Cube just did it a lot better than most of the people who were doing it. So when you do something with a certain level of, of uh, quality and talent, that is going to carry farther than if you're just saying, hey, look at that. This is what's going on outside my window, you know? And, and, so yeah, it, it uh but it wasn't that's the thing that's the only thing that kind of bummed me out is that, you know, obviously special ed didn't like go multi platinum for, you know, a ten record run or whatever, like some of the other rappers that he came up with, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um But like I said, very few artists in any genre achieved the success that he achieved. They have one hit single, two hit singles, you know what I'm saying? Like uh to be on that that Crooklyn record, it's like, you know, hey, to be close friends, you, you left pop. a mark. I'm saying you left a mark on. Um, well, yeah, what you're the, saying, but I'm on saying on another level. Yeah, you understood from that Crooklyn record, your your rhymes on the Crooklyn record, to just being good friends with Tupac. Like you understood right. that that there was that there was a reality in what people were saying, and it was there there wasn't. Look, man, for better or worse, what NWA did was more than anything open up. The, what, what they were part of the list of artists that opened up the ability to speak freely in hip hop. Like, pull no punches. Yeah, yeah. What's happening? Like, not now. Was there some shock value as things went on? Sure. Why? Why not? Right. But, yeah, but mostly in mostly with the, you know them beefing with each other was the, probably the most shocking part of it for every, I mean, you know, most people that it, I can think of, you know what I mean? It was like, what yeah, are you guys what doing? was shocking was what was happening. Yeah. If you didn't know what the hell was going well, sure. on in the city, yeah, yeah. that shit was shocking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and but everyone comes at it from a different perspective. I mean, you know, all the, all the things that, that um, he was talking about in the interview as far as, as, um, you know, where he came up and from Flatbush. And I think he probably lived right where Steve and I used to live. Oh, like, where? Right across. Yeah, across you know. Park. But he's talking about Albee Square and, and Kings Plaza. Um, it's like, and, and Omega would know this better than than just about anybody, but, well, from the Queen's perspective, but it, it, it wasn't that easy to live there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -mm. And... Mm -mm. The thing that kind of bummed me out as I was complimenting everybody involved in, in, from, you know, all these artists that we're talking about for handling and having the conversation as grown up, mature adults who can speak uh, intelligently without, you know, freaking anybody out too much. Is that the thing that did kind of, and I keep saying bum me out because I'm thinking, I'm like, is he sad that he didn't do the same thing? And and like that, is he thinking that if he would have done the same thing, 
it would have catapulted him to a level that he had not yet been able to achieve. But by done the same thing, and I know you're not saying this, but I just want to be mindful on this show of saying, when I hear the words done the same thing, I mean, go into detail about exactly what the horrors were as a young person growing up in your environment. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Right. By the way, he could have. He very well I don't think he would have done it in the same, you know, like, I don't know if he just doesn't strike me as the kind of dude that would have like the shock value to it or whatever, if that's something that we really want to even assign to NWA. Although certainly it was probably fair to say that (laughs) there was a decent amount of that at the time. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, And then, you know, now there were guys like Rakim who were talking about exactly what was going on, but because he did it in a certain manner with this, and he had a certain demeanor about himself, it didn't come. I don't know if it like struck the same nerves that NWA scared people, right? It scared people because um, it was clearly not just a bunch of guys yelling and screaming and cursing. It was. There was an anger, there was a um it, like an incisive insight and description of what either they were seeing or or going through and but it was delivered with an undeniable level of intelligence and and what's the scariest thing to police yeah. what's the yeah. scariest thing to law enforcement? It's not a stupid person. Well, it's not a stupid person who who knows who who thinks that it's better to keep their mouth shut. They love that, right? Well, what's scarier to those individuals? But and he talked about the government intervention again. If the government stepped in, the government was there. The government was there already. Look, the amount of dope that funded the origins of rap is rarely ever discussed. (laughs) Like, let's we could start there. All right, so. Look, what terrified America more about NWA is the voice for the voiceless. And these people were coming for your kids. You see what I'm saying? You were able to silence these people for so long. Or you were, you know, black exploitation. Look, again, this isn't the first I said this on my Facebook page. We all know. That obviously NWA is the first time the entertainment industry exploited black entertainment for negative messages in the community. Really? Are we seriously saying that NWA is when this started? Do you, do, sir, did you even see the 70s? Like, are you, there's videos, right? Yeah. Pimping didn't start with, with Too Short or Ice-T. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But what we accuse NWA of years later is false. Yeah. There was an embellishment there. This was what was happening, and what was happening was shocking. What was happening was scary. What was happening was provocative. And what was happening to a community of people who had never heard or seen that before was interesting. Fascinating to a kid from the valley to hear about what's going on in the hood for real. He likes girls. He gets dissed by Sally. He wants to call her a name. And now there's this like, oh, okay, wait, yeah, that's how I feel. At least Mm -hmm. when you go to songs like that. But as far as the other side of things, it was what was going on. And it was it was legitimate, and and we're talking about. I'm, I I know you mentioned Ice Cube, but I don't want to go a step as far as I want to stick very specifically to N.W.A. talking about straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, like just just the song itself, the record itself, all of that. It was an energy that people were terrified of, but they were fascinated by, and the hood, in a sense. Now and in the past is a zoo. Not as not because the people themselves, the animals. I'm talking about the outsiders looking in, see it as this entertaining thing that I, I'll never get in a cage with those people. 
but hmm. man, are they fun to watch. You hmm. know what I'm saying? Right? One of them makes it out and dunks a basketball. You want to hear the story and go, oh, my God. You know, hmm. right? Primetime makes it out, becomes a coach. He's talking, oh, I wish they'd send him back to where he came from. Right? Like, you, you get to play with the hood, but, but none of this sentiment was born of NWA. None of it. All of the racism, racist ideology, attack on hip-hop, attack on black voices, attack on community, community situations and standards, all of these things existed far before NWA dropped a record. And the entertainment industry exploiting that and refeeding it back to the, to the black community existed before NWA. And also, and also, as a note, right, the desperate nature of poverty was exploited by our own government. Yep. That's what spawned them in the NWA's records. Yep. Yep. So spare me. Spare yeah. me that, you know what I'm saying? I just don't want to hear that. Like knock it off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean that, yeah. I mean, we can, you know, go over it again and again, but I couldn't agree more strongly with you. I, I think he's wrong. I'm holding out hope that at some point he's going to be like, yeah, you know what? whatever some kind of explanation that this is what i meant i know that's not what i said and it's and and, and let me let me try and get into it because i believe the question was uh you know was the lightning round or whatever was nwa or wu-tang clan right and right. his thing was you know he's picking all the new york area artists anyway or brooklyn artists but um he's like wu-tang is, is for the children I'm like okay dirty said that but but was not, he though wu-tang wouldn't have been able to to you know, not that they wouldn't have been able to make enter the thirty six chambers without NWA, but it wasn't any more tame than than straight out of Compton. Enter the 30, that's why we loved it. You know what I mean? It was a new thing. Um, but it you know, and it's after a while, unless you're 16 years old or whatever, 15 years old, 14 years old, and you're listening to these records, you don't think these guys are out there selling drugs and doing drive-bys and stuff like that? You don't it's like, think of... Yeah. It's like, oh, 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 Easy did? Okay. But so, but he's doing this because he doesn't want to do that shit anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you're not... My brother, of course, was older than I was. By the time I was 16, I was in in West Covina, which is actually part of my story because after moving from LA, moving out to the suburbs, people were fascinated by it and it became an identity for those of us that were from LA, mm. right? We're out in this environment, really that wasn't the suburbs, by the way. It was a a, a <laughs> second secondhand middle-class environment where now all the gangs spoke different languages I didn't understand. That's really mm. what happened. I, blue and red made sense. Um, all the being hit up in Vietnamese was like, huh? I mm. have no idea what's going on. So, but again, them gangs was there for years before NWA. Years. None yeah. of that was new. Like, none we can of get into a whole conversation about that history as well and it all goes back to the same place that they might have the the whatever powers that be might have started to take notice and worry about a million young black men in compton and south central yelling f the police but you know right. what they really are scared of when a hundred million white young men and women were yelling F the police in the middle of the country at every tour stop yep. that these guys went on after that record came out. So, yeah, that's, you know. Yeah, miss me with bringing the FBI into the FBI yeah. had been watching. If if they were watching then, they if they was watching at that point, they had been watching prior. Like, yeah. And the louder the voice got, the more, the, the more, you know, the more they were, they were paying attention because, you know, there's a lot of factors, but I can tell you as as a kid who moved from the city again, I, and I'm not saying the city like my life wasn't like that personally. You know what I'm saying? I didn't adjacent to it, family members. I've seen a lot of a lot of things that you know 
I don't know. Um, when I meet other people, I realize that their childhoods were like, oh, so you, that's not something you had to be aware of? That's crazy. My my whole thing was you were aware of these things, but you just never took part of them, part in them, right? Other people never have to be aware of those things, right? Some have to be part of them, whatever. God bless them. But I've, I saw both angles. I moved out to the suburbs in the height of NWA's pop popularity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And what I found was, as I got older and, and, and recalled these things, was that, one, people were listening to it and not doing anything, but saying they had cousins that did it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But there were other communities that I learned have been gangbanging because of uh, responses to d defending themselves, you know, from from harm like gathering together like all right look i'm i'm not we can't just be getting jumped walking up the street mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying these communities existed in these out east not out east east coast out east los angeles and further beyond and in between for far longer than rap yeah. you know what i'm saying so rap didn't rap itself nor did nwa spawn any of this 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 had already existed I could tell you what, if you want to blame an individual or give an individual credit, at least for, you know, for inner community issues, start with the president who pushed dope into the city, pushed crack into the city or cocaine into the city uh, to fund, you know, proxy war. Mm -hmm. That's where you start. But you don't start with, with the results. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it wasn't just that, too. It was that on top of heavily systemic racism, red line. Liar to him. You know, a, just a, a general encouragement of class struggle in an area that, that could use a lot more help than, than that kind of hindrance. You know what I mean? It's like. Or, or just hands off. Because the. the, the <laughs> I don't want to get all deep into you. You you close down the mental health facilities in downtown Los Angeles. There's mm -hmm. places that were safe havens that were where people could get legal drugs if they needed those type of things. This was happening. Reagan closed those things down. Closed them down. You know what I'm saying? There was over 13 percent unemployment in the black community. In a community, not because people were not looking for work. But because hiring a black person, black male particularly, was a big deal, people were against it. Mm -hmm. Right? How do you get affirmative action? We may feel a certain way about affirmative action, but I have my question is: How do you get to that point if there's no question? And I'm not talking about you know college enrollment is that's a whole other thing. Education is a whole other thing. I'm talking about hiring. How do companies? How do you get to a point where you have to regulate hiring in companies if it doesn't? If it's not even a question, if it's never once an issue to be discussed, these things were issues. You know what I'm saying? NWA didn't spawn these issues. They were the results of these issues. That's right. Yep. I mean, it's, if it's it's one thing to um, marginalize somebody's voice, you know, if somebody's upset. Generally speaking, they're going to pass a certain point and then they're going to speak up loudly. Sure. Sure. If you marginalize their voice, you find a way to um, cut them off from the amplifier, the amplification of their voice and being able to, to um, realistically see, seek out a way to, to improve things in their community. Okay. Um, and furthermore, for the to the rest of the world, the rest of the country, give them every assurance that those people don't even exist, that that feeling right. doesn't even exist within that community. They're all right. they're fine. Then, when somebody, four guys, was it five guys? Five, <laughs> five guys <laughs> figure out a way to speak up loudly. Mm -hmm. And if you're five, five young men speaking up on behalf of one of the biggest cities in the world, one of the biggest communities 
in the world that's been subject to those, you know, restrictions, and you're able to do that loudly and you were heard, well, that's got to be one of the most scary things in the world it to was these, terrifying. these heavily armed, highly mobile, strategically equipped law enforcement forces with multiple branches in the world. You wanted to be the only person to tell that story, by the way, Kev. You wanted to get on the news, show the battle ram knocking down every door. Shout to Tati show T. Show the crack, yeah, show a crack mother, show a crack baby. You wanted to tell the story from your perspective, and that was the perspective that the world should, the only perspective the world could see. And what ended up happening was hip-hop started telling the story in total. Mm-hmm. In some ways, being young, being young men, a lot of it, as I get older, of course, the disrespect of women and et cetera, you know, is not as entertaining. I look back on it like, mm, yeah, all right, we could have done without that. But again, these are young men. Not that doesn't excuse them. I'm just saying, know who you know who you are speaking, who is speaking, right? On the other side, they're telling a story that you tried to funnel through Channel Four your way, and now all of these right. people, and when they told the story. Man, people in Arizona was telling their story. People in Washington are telling their story. People in Detroit are telling their story. People in, you know, Georgia are telling their story. Houston, right? Of course, New York already. All, all the boroughs in New York and upstate and Jersey, et cetera. Like, of course, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say Philly. I want to make sure I say Philly. Everybody's starting to say, oh, oh, we could say what's actually happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, this this is okay. Cool. We're we're not filtering this message anymore. Cool. I'm with. Yeah, you. and and when you and if anything, this might be a bit of a stretch, but I think them presenting what at the time was sort of an extreme, uh, you know, on one end of the spectrum. If there's a spectrum of of voices, right? NWA's on one end of that spectrum, at least for for that that period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhat you might say extreme or whatever the case may be, they expanded to me the spectrum of what you could say and how you could say it um, in rap. Do you know sure. what I mean? Absolutely. By far. Like it didn't have to be um, Sugar Hill Gang all the time. You know right. what I mean? Um, it could be any of a number of, of different perspectives, just like everybody has a good day, a bad day. You know, it's like you, you sometimes you're able to, to, to really form your words in a calm manner. And sometimes you want to scream your head off, you know? And, and so in that way, it's almost like, you know, it, it, they were able to expand the, the possibilities of, of what could be said on a, on a rap record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, special ed has, has a pedigree that I'm fine with him saying whatever he wants to say, expressing his opinion, but don't fool yourself into thinking that he's right just because he said it once. Or or passing it off like him saying it isn't worth challenging. Hell yeah, that should be challenged. Yeah. It should be discussed entire in its entirety. And the way that it's being discussed has shown that hip-hop has done a lot of things that has gone a lot of directions that I think are stupid. But this wasn't <laughs> one of them. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He said something I completely disagree with, and it spawned a lot of discussions that are leading to better discussions. And, of course, there's some people who are going to clown and and make a mockery of it. There are other people who are going to – who were bought into the East Coast, West Coast beef and they in their 40s and 50s still living out being an idiot. So they're into that thing. Um, You know, got a, I, I got a homeboy that's my man's all day. But his opinion of it was like, man, it's like you you don't it's like you you don't understand. Like I could tell that you're a step couple steps younger than I am hmm. by how he was viewing it. And you weren't in the city at the time. Yes, things were going on where you live, but in the city, you know in in different shit was happening that that we all can point to and say, Man, I wasn't part of that. 
but I saw it happening. I definitely saw it happening. I wasn't uh, excited about it. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to be part of it. I wasn't any of that. But I definitely was aware, especially as I got older, like, oh, that's that's happening over there. Like, hmm. you know, go over there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Stay, ride your bike between here and here. Because what's going on over there is what's happening on this record right here. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So, Fizz, don't be up here misquoting. I'm kidding. All right. So, check it out. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in, man. This has been Rap Six Radio. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. I'm sorry for the spider break in the middle of the show. Uh, <laughs> Are you not going to edit that out? <laughs> I'll edit it. When I come back, it'll say the spider break or whatever. But yeah, I'll edit <laughs> some of it out. But thank y'all for tuning in, man. I appreciate each and every one. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. My name is Track Life. That dude over there is your homeboy, your fam, Caps Dakota. The old, old head. Too old. Too old. Need sleep. It's that time. You can't polish off a that polish wine. off a bottle of wine is like four or five days of recovery now. Oh um, man. Check us out at Rap Six Radio on Instagram, RSR Podcast on Facebook. We are out of here like last year on the count of three. We say peace. One, two, three. Peace. peace. We out, y'all. <laughs>